God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I'm joined by Leonor Kavoda. Hello, Leonor. Good morning, Scott. So it's good to have you back. Great and, to be here. And, uh, you know, I was uh, telling uh, the folks uh, yesterday that I had uh, come down with COVID. Yeah. So they might, they, people might be wondering, what are you doing in the studio? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and we thought about it, actually, but... The thing is, is you and I have been around each other enough. Uh, you tested negative. Yeah. I tested positive twice because I got a second opinion test. And uh, I was clearly positive and you were clearly negative. negative. Uh, and you you don't have any symptoms or no, signs. No. And, uh, so and we were at the same event together. We were yeah, we were at the same we the same up, where we picked some it up. Super spreader. Super spreader. <laughs> super spreader event. Um but I got to tell you, it's not been that bad. Um, I had a fever yesterday of 101.5. So then I took some Tylenol, you know, some acetaminophen, right? And that that curbed it, man. That was like, that really worked. Yeah. Um, and then um, <clears throat> and then I woke up this morning and uh, I had a fever of like 99.5. And then next thing you know, I took some Tylenol. Second time I took Tylenol. And it went down to uh, to like a degree, like eighty eight point five, eighty seven, or something like that, or ninety eight point seven. So, you know, so it, it, Tylenol kind of works. It yeah. gets your fever down. I've been taking vitamin D. Um, you know, and if there was any sunshine to be had, I'd try to do that too. But, um, but yeah, so that's the story. It's it's not been it's not been that bad. It's not been a walk in the park though, but. You know, it's like a flu. It's like a flu. And, uh, you know, one of the things is everybody knows I had this spine condition. Well, I'm still on antibiotics for the infection that, you know, kind of went into my spine. Yeah. And because I um, <clears throat> because I had to have surgery uh, where they put, um, you know, screws and rods in my spine, um, they uh, while I was infected, 
they, they needed to put me on antibiotics for a much, much longer period of time, to which case uh, I'm still on antibiotics. And the antibiotic that I'm on long term is Keflex, it's yeah. cephalexin. And yeah. it's supposed to be like this generic, general, like, you know, antibiotic for your whole body, mainly um, for staph aureus and for your lungs and things like that. So one of the things is, is that if this, this COVID were to get to my lungs, uh, there's a study over at NIH that said if you're on Keflex, it's the gold standard for preventing COVID to spread to your lungs. So in one sense, I guess I lucked out, you know, that I'm, I'm good th- there. So that's kind of interesting. That's my story. That's the update on. Yeah. Uh, I, I just consider myself to be fortunate because it seems like knock on wood that I have very good immunity. So, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, so, so we'll, well, not everybody, you know, it's strange how people, some people get it. Some people don't, you know, and uh, it took me this long to even get it right. First thing that ran through my mind wasn't fear. It was, oh, great, I'm going to get that antibody. Yeah. You know well, I mean? that's what I, I, I told somebody, um, a mutual acquaintance that we uh, that you had it, and and she, and she had actually a very positive reaction. She's like, great, re- refreshed immunity. And yeah, cause that's what it right. basically comes down to. And I kind of think that the fact that I'm in close proximity with you, I'm, I'm ultimately going to benefit from it. I, you know, I'm more, I'm more thinking that I'm going to be immunized as opposed to I'm going to catch it. Right, right. So, so I think, so I think, you know, and, and everybody we we're just know getting that through this. Now. Everybody that we know that uh, got this uh, said it was mild. Yeah, it's mild, somewhat mild. You know, like they, you know, they had one bad day. Yeah, and then other than that, um, so you know, that's what I could say. I could say that. You know, what was it? Tuesday night, I tested n- negative. Right. And then and Wednesday. Wednesday night, yeah. <clears throat> well, what we heard was more people had come down with COVID. So we said maybe we yeah. better test. People yeah. we, we were in close proximity with, we said we better test right. again. So, so Wednesday, I felt like I was sick. And I said, you know, I think I probably have COVID. And indeed you did. And indeed I did. And so I, I took the test on Wednesday after taking a negative test on Tuesday. And next thing you know... Um, it came back positive, and it was Thursday, I believe. That well, no, it was Wednesday. Was bad. No, yeah, no. Wednesday. It was Wednesday night that was bad. Yeah, yeah, and then Thursday uh, wasn't too bad. Um, it was manageable, and today I'm feeling better than I felt in the last two days. And you're gonna and you're gonna throughout the weekend you're gonna get better and that's the way yeah. these things go and so if so just oh, in terms you know, of timing uh, it's a holiday weekend. So. Oh, and here's one other thing too, is that um, the difference between a virus and a bacterial infection yeah. is that viruses have a shelf life of like four or five days. Mm-hmm. Could be a little longer, could be a little shorter, but viruses pass through your body. They they don't have longevity. They don't. They don't live as an organism. They, they sort of flush out and they die. Um, so virus, th- that's the difference between a virus and a bacterial infection. Bacterial infection could linger in your body for quite some time. A virus uh, doesn't generally do that. Can, but, uh, you know, typically, we're talking about gen- gen- generalizations here. Um, so COVID is, that's why they say, you know, um, 
you know, quarantine for five days or ten days um, because you'll pass it through. And by by, if you don't have any symptoms by this time, it's gone. It's just going to be gone. Yeah. And so uh, <clears throat> that's why they say that. And uh, and so you know, I feel like I'm on my way to re, you know full recovery. I here. think so. Yeah. All right. Well, um, you know. One thing has been uh, flying around about the Uvalde shooter is he's uh, trans. Um, nah, but, is there any uh, traction to that, or is that just well, uh, com- well there, there seems to be urban a lot legend. Of, no, there seems to be a lot of politicization of that. You know, it could be, you know, he might turn out to be trans. I don't know. But um, I, I had some credi- credible sources. Uh, one of the things that they said is this. Th- there was a... Um, there was a uh, kid. Now, I go with this one because this is a, like a testimony from an eyewitness. And um, so this is what they had to say because this, this was interesting. Um, let's take a listen. Ivan also says he knew the gunman well and described him as a bully. Salvador Ramos was a boy who was not bullied. He would try to pick on people but fail and it would aggravate him. I would like to get that out of the way. He was not bullied. He, prior, and I don't see this covered, and I'm going to put this out there, he would hurt animals. He was not a good person. Ivan is... Ivan also says he knew... So, so you know, just was uh, not such a great right. dude, right? Yeah. Whether he's trans or not, actually, I don't even think it matters. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been seeing... A, I, I saw the reports coming from... Uh, different groups, including Paul Gozar, yeah, yeah. a congressman, yeah, he said he was a, a, a liberal. He said um, he was transgender a, he, he, illegal. He, yeah, he he's trans. He <coughs> tweeted that he was a transsexual leftist illegal alien. Was the actual phraseology? Okay, so that's perhaps irresponsible if you're wrong. And he got the information from 4chan. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, 4chan. So, you know, here's the thing about the the right wing and and about the alt right and about I don't even know what these m- names mean really, um, but here's the thing about all that is I love I I love those sources I love I, I'm I'm a fan of them I'm not against them but what I am saying is is that too often we come out with these these things on on the internet that uh, bits of information. That proved to be wrong, and then it discredits us in, yeah. in the long run. So, I would just like to say, be careful about what you disseminate, because ultimately you want to be right. You don't want to be first. You don't want to be like, oh, I'm the guy with the great sources that, you know, has the information that nobody else has. Typically, that's not the case. There's a lot of people with a lot of good information and good sources. Um. And where these people get their information um, through speculation and, you know, doing a matrix of uh, data points and and making up a conclusion. Sometimes that works out and sometimes it doesn't. But ultimately, especially in an election year, we want to be right. We don't want to... the left is already going to come at us with conspiracy nut jobs and everything. And, you know, what's the difference between a conspiracy and the truth? Six months. Yeah. 
You know, so conspiracy. You know, a lot of these conspiracies were so-called conspiracies proved to be truth and fact. I mean, I was one of the. You know, I was on the forefront of the Russian hoax. I never once believed the Russian hoax. Never once. I always knew it was a hoax. Like there was never a moment when I believed it was anything other than a hoax. And I remember. Um, uh, I was in uh, Philly, and I was talking with my friends about the Russian hoax. And my friend, who's a liberal, said, yeah, but all 17 agencies and all these different people. And I said, I just think it was completely made up by Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. And um, and sure enough, it was. But that was years ago. That was years ago that I said that. And... Um, you know, so the point is is that you want to be right, you want to be early, you want to be right on top of it, but you want to be, you got to get your, you know, got to get your facts straight. Exactly. So I think it just discredits Paul Kozar. Of course it who, does. How are they going to believe him the next time? Right, and, and it makes well. other conservatives look bad. And, and also the other thing, when we suddenly and, and start... we don't want to look bad. We want to look good because we want to win elections and we want to take our country back. And also this whole focus on whether the shooter was transgender or whatever is so irrelevant and it takes away from what the actual issues are about. I mean, this was a school shooting. 21 people are dead, 19 of them children. We should be um, looking into why this happened yet again. And we cannot be focused on what the person's sexual preference is or sexual identity is. I mean, that just totally distracts. And then you get all these yeah. transgender well, people you know, speaking up and saying that they've been, um, you know, disparaged in this. It's not about them. It's, you know, it's about those children and their families and the, those yeah. two heroic teachers. Yeah. You know, that's what it's about. Well, and you know where a lot of this information get comes from? And it, it reminds me of Watergate, uh, when when uh, Gordon Liddy yeah. and Howard Hunt and all these people took the bait, yeah, but they were set up by the left. Yes, of course they were. Who financed and came up and hatched a plan to break into the uh, DNC and in the Watergate uh, complex. We're approaching the 50th anniversary, and we will be addressing it on this program. Yeah, on the 17th of yes. June, we're yes. going to be doing like a special Watergate uh, 50th anniversary. But in any case, I've long said the Russian hoax, which was hatched by Hillary Clinton, uh, was not far different than Watergate, which was to uh, create a false flag sort of um, uh, event. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and that that would that would look like it was the other team, and for example, if the Russian hoax was blamed on Trump, even though it was the left that was doing it. Yeah. And Watergate again was perpetrated, uh, I think, by the left. And then you know why would the why would the left break into their own facility headquarters? Why would the left do that? Of course, nobody. At that time, would ever think that that was possible. Right. But that's, in fact, what they did because they wanted to actually blame the Nixon administration. Yeah. And then what, what ended up ultimately happening is, is that they were going to try to catch Nixon on covering it up. Yeah. If there's nothing to cover up, then there's nothing to get you on. Right. So they wanted Trump to cover up the Russian hoax just like they wanted Nixon to cover up the Watergate break-in. Nixon didn't know about the Watergate break-in. 
and Russia, Trump didn't know about the Russian hoax. These were all just made up. But when it gets escalated up the chain, uh, what, what ends up happening, like Carter Page could have been sort of like a Gordon Liddy. Yeah. And, um, and George Papadopoulos could have been more like a Howard Hunt, meaning that they were sort of entrapped because of their naivety and their youth and their not, not realizing that they're being played by a left-wing team of operatives, like, say, a Stefan Halper uh, in this case, which is the one who recruited Carter Page and got them into the net. And it was this kind of thing that ended up, um, you know, so it was, it was just, and so when, when Trump said, Trump said this, Trump said, um, I, what I learned from Watergate is the cover-up is worse than the crime, so I choose not to get involved. And as soon as he said that, he was basically sending a signal saying, I'm not going to fall into the same trap Nick, you, wanted, you had Nixon fall into. One thing I learned is I learned from my history. So what happens is with this shooter is, is a lot of times people on the left plant this stuff over at 4chan and then some right-wingers pick it up and they don't vet it. And they're being played as fools by a left radical left wing operative, and and uh, they get you to bite on that, and it advances, it advances their trans uh, 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 agenda. Yeah, you know they have a trans agenda. Yeah. So you know, and that, that that false flag stuff. You know, like they're PR agents that make stuff up all the time. And uh, I remember a story where there was this guy that was uh, with like underage kids out in California, and he's getting arrested. So the next thing you know, they manufacture a whole bunch of stories where he was um, going out with uh, different, the, you know, different people, and uh, they were underage or whatever. And then the PR firm would doctor photos and and uh, put them out there. And then debunk their own work. And then they would say, okay, well, we've debunked this successfully. And this is the case with all of them. So you debunk a couple, right? A couple of these stories, these fake stories, you debunk them. Now people are left with like, well, who to believe? I mean, if this, these two have been clearly debunked, mm-hmm. maybe those other two are false uh, stories too. And it's a, it's a PR stunt. Exactly. Yeah, it's one of those things. We, we want to be careful about what we put out and disseminate about this shooter. It'll come out in good time. Uh, and, uh, you know, the sad thing is this is really um, getting lost in the shuffle because this is really a cultural issue. And we've been talking about this all week. This uh, week has been about culture. And it's been about um, globalism with Davos we're going to play some new clips from Davos that are interesting. But in general, we have several things going on right here. And a lot of this stuff is distraction as well. Um, you know, this whole thing about the gun lobby. I know, understand Gavin Newsom is upset with uh, Governor, Governor Abbott about the shoot, Texas right, shooting. Right, because he's not going to, you know, he's not going to do anything with the, the gun lobby as a result of this. Yeah, and so he's going to pass a whole bunch of laws in California that uh, are just going to try to pass. 
that are going to take away your Second Amendment rights in California. And how these things are allowed to happen in, in, in America is just beyond me. You know, there's this thing called the Constitution. It's a federal guideline. And even a governor cannot violate your constitutional rights. So how they get away with this stuff still baffles me. But they've exploited this and politicized it like Beto O'Rourke did or like, uh, you know, Biden did. And, um, you know, it's horrible. You know, what we have is a broader, more complex issue of uh, cultural problems. You know, maybe Fauci should have thought of this when he imposed these lockdowns. And maybe the CDC is culpable. And, uh, and you can go on beyond that and say that, you know, maybe these shoot 'em up games like Call of Duty is just causing people to think that life is a virtual life. And that's the problem because they, you, you have a lot of people out there that are, um, I don't know, desensitized adolescents who don't know the difference between reality and fantasy. And then COVID has only exacerbated that situation because they've been isolated for the last two years. And they're sitting doing these games. And, you know, and you sit there and you kill people on screen in a video game. It, it, it distorts your sense of um, what could actually happen. And in the video game, you kill them, they come back up again. And in real life, they don't come back up again. And there's a lot of people that have completely lost their sense of perspective. And you know what else? Um, there is a lot to be said about emotional IQ mm-hmm. and intellectual IQ. And I think that kids today are smart in terms of getting being informed, but their emotional IQ is lacking because they don't really spend a lot of time with people. Well, that's what's happened. I think you, you've started seeing this you, when we started with email and other things like that. And when you electronic communications, as much as they have made our lives more efficient, they have also separated us because years ago, people would have a meeting about something. Now, I'm not saying we don't still have plenty of meetings, but they'd have a, they'd have a conversation. Now it's a lot of electronic communications and you're not really reaching out to people. Yeah. And we have a caller. Caller, you're on the air. Yes. Uh, could I make a comment on this shooting? It's pretty obvious. As the truth comes out, I think that there was inadequate preparation. I think those doors should have been fire doors. That is, they're only accessible with a key from the outside. And uh, uh, the main entry door, of course, we're presuming that uh, when there were shots fired, there would be an automatic SOP that... uh, uh, they go into a lockdown phase. Outside doors are locked. And uh, that would have stopped the whole thing from ever happening. Uh, the police, with a with a 911 call or whatever, incidentally, BBC has is, is published a, uh, on their website, has published a, a time frame uh, from the time the shots were first fired. And apparently there was a about a 14-minute delay before uh, uh, the school even responded, even though they had uh, uh, been inadequately prepared when they heard shots fired. They immediately should have got into a lockdown phase. Uh, but uh, 
as far as uh, police actions uh, restraining parents from uh, uh, wanting to get involved. Uh, I think these police cruisers, all of them ought to be uh, in the trucks of those cars, have uh, body armor that will stop a 5.56 NATO and uh, and uh, Kevlar helmets that uh, well do also. But uh, in short, the, the first uh, officers that came there should have been able to, uh, within a few minutes, to slip on a vest and a, and a helmet and go for it rather than wait for a border patrol um, uh, uh, tactical unit. Uh, uh, I, uh, what do you think? Uh, do you think that essentially there was inadequate preparation? Uh, yeah, well, it's... <laughs> I have an opinion on that. I mean, but but I, I think um, right now, uh, yeah. My my knee jerk reaction is yeah, yeah, yes. But Thank you know, you. it's hard for me to put myself in those shoes. You, you're talking Understood. about four, you're talking about fourteen minutes, and out of well, the blue, we'll talk about Putin. He, I mean, he's the same thing. He's Who? a mass murderer. He he is. Uh, I oh, mean, Putin. from my viewpoint, a man's deranged. It looks to me like he wants to have a scorched earth policy and reestablish the Soviet Union, and he doesn't care how many people okay. he'll kill or how much. All right, well, let's keep it on dollars worth of property that he'll destroy. Okay, but let's keep it on one topic. Let's keep it on one topic. But That's in any case, I appreciate you calling in, but we have to limit the call length. Uh, thank, thank you much, and uh, uh, appreciate your show. Okay. Take care. Thank Take care. you. All right. Well, um, yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I, I just don't want to speculate. I, I don't. Even, I don't even want to comment on it because um, on uh, what I would do, or because yeah. I wasn't doing it. I of wasn't course there. Not. You know? And and again, this is a tragedy. We've got to look at the security that's going on in our schools. We also have to look at um, how we're dealing with mentally ill people. But this is not, you know. This yeah. is not a gun first amendment, uh, second amendment. So, excuse me, uh, issue. So Terry, uh, you know, trucker Terry from Arkansas. Yes, um, he says wrong, Scott. Wrong, Scott. Wrong. Uh, that's no. That's no way to open up a, a, a. That sounds. That doesn't sound nice. All right, you maybe better read the whole thing. It's not a game issue. It's a heart issue. America has lost its way. When it abandoned the pulpits. Of course, I agree with that. I agree with that, too. America needs to return to its knees and get its chip of pride off of its shoulder. I hate Terry, that's a really good comment. It's a very good comment. And, and, and again, I think he's bringing up a few good points. I mean, obviously, we need to get back to religion. We also need to get back to community. And, and the whole issue that we were talking about with the you know when you're involved with the video games and all this other stuff and i'm not trying to disparage video games broadly i think some people enjoy them but when that is all you were doing it's it's a very negative experience i mean we need to be more connected because that is how you develop empathy you develop empathy by learning very early on how to share how to think about the other person and those skills need to be developed when you're a child they don't suddenly get developed at age 18 and if and so you're seeing a lot of children now growing up despite their parents best efforts 
being completely isolated and not thinking beyond themselves and that's Mm -hmm. and and part of that is because our culture has reinforced a me 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 focus there is a there is a difference between figuring out a way to advance yourself in, in life and still being a person who's part of a community and cares about others that's the most fundamental thing that we need to be teaching our children is to care about others and yeah. somehow that's getting lost well that's because we don't have enough um interaction with people that's exactly and, it. and you know I, I remember my father he used to you know bring me down to like he would be playing cards at some place you know yeah. that you know and and uh introduced me to you know a lot of his adult friends yeah and i was just a kid yeah but you know there was always this thing where you respect your elders and yeah. you shake their hand and you and you, you learn know. that yeah but but when you're playing on a video game um you you, you know that that uh, old video where it says look up from your phone be, yeah, yeah, yeah. and be aware of the life that you're actually missing. Yeah. There are people that are walking on the street texting. They're, they're not even looking at the people around them. They're, they're in the virtual world. They're almost walking into to, to, uh, they're almost walking into poles. Right. Well, that's exactly it. And I had a, I met recently with a grammar school classmate. And one of the things we talked about is what we learned back in those days was, you know, to shake people's hands, to respect the teachers, to do all that. And that's that's kind of gotten lost. The only positive thing I would say about the electronic communities is you do see on occasion a vast outpouring of compassion for people electronically whom they've never met. So that tool, so these tools can say be... Say that again? Well, you do see, you know, whenever there's a tragedy, you do see people reacting and, and, and expressing compassion. But they're doing it publicly. But they're doing... Well, they are no, doing... see... Yeah, well, I see your see, point. They're not what? all doing... What's a, the point I'm making? Yeah, well, your point is they're doing it to make themselves look good. Yes. But there are also plenty of people that do do things that are compassionate and they do it anonymously Yeah. about people they've never met. So you do have those things, too. So I'm not saying the electronic tools are bad. Of course they're I not. I mean, I think, actually, to that point, uh, people do things publicly... Publicly, because they want to be recognized, and when in fact, you know, I think it's uh, it's important that we actually do things from our, like Terry said, from our heart, from our heart, yeah, and uh, do them because you you know not don't do them on on air, on in public, uh, or on the social media uh, landscape. Do them privately if you if you want to do them, just do them. From you want your to, heart. If you want to give somebody a gift, you don't yeah. give them a gift because you're looking for something in return. Yeah, absolutely. You give them a gift, whatever that type of gift is, because you want to. It's something that comes from you intrinsically. And that's the, that's the important lesson. And we can't lose sight of that. We want, we want to be developing a compassionate generation of children that grow up to be compassionate adults. And we just need to be taking uh, some better stock that, because there's concern that that's just not happening. So there's a uh, meme and it says, Cain killed Abel with a rock. Yes. The Lord didn't get rid of all the rocks. Right. He blamed Cain, not the rock. We have a sin problem, not a gun problem. Well, that's exactly it. And the thing is, the guns do serve a purpose. It's just that, you know, we need to 
have a better education about them. We also need to and we need to have the right people having them like the police. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Well, the right people to have a gun. Yeah. Hey, you know, look. I I take uh, issue with what Biden said, uh, where he's like assault weapon, assault weapon. Why does anyone need an assault weapon except to kill people? It's like, yeah, kill people that are breaking into your, your house, house in rural America when well, the cops aren't when available. When the cops aren't available, exactly. You know, I mean, you call a cop in rural America, and it might be a half. You're dead already. Yeah. No, you need a gun, and you need a good one, right? Um, in order to protect you and your family. Right. That's the way it is. And it's not for Biden to say. It's written in the Second Amendment. Our founding fathers knew what they were talking about. But, you know, the left right now wants to destroy every fabric, every piece of fabric that makes up the Constitution. And they want to rewrite it. They want to, like, they want the New Testament, in a sense. They want to, they basically, they want to rewrite the Constitution. Could you imagine if Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi were responsible? You know, we've already seen what they've done with the J6 committee. Yeah. Right? How stacked and ridiculous that is. Yes. So, no. No way am I going to, uh, you know, allow any politician of today. I don't trust their judgment. I I actually believe that the Constitution... uh, has stood the test of time. And, you know, it's adaptable to... De- just like the Bible has stood the test of time. Yeah. The Bible has. Of course. And um, there was a lot of good wisdom. You know, a lot of philosophers... A lot of philosophers um, have made really great points. There are poets and writers uh, who wrote music. You know, if you listen to an old James Taylor tune or something like that... Um, you can get some wisdom out of a lot of these things. So I I just want to mention, since we're talking about writing, um, that I have a piece that went up on the American Spectator a few days ago. If you Google my name, by my first name, Leonore, you'll see it. And it's it's about uh, strong men. And it's a review of, it's called Making a Case for Strong Men. And it is- Yeah, I read that. That's a really good piece. It's a review of a book by Anthony Esselin, who uh, is a social commentary writer, who's, uh, who's who's been no stranger to controversy. But the name of the book is No Apologies, Why Civilization Depends on the Strength of Men. It just came out this week. And, you know, but the premise of the book is, is that- we, that men need to embrace their natural talents, their natural physical talents, their natural psychological talents. Society would be better for it. And there's been this, uh, you know, labeling of toxic masculinity, which is trying to encourage men to stop being who they are. And we would all function much better if they, if they were you know, true to their abilities, their natural, if they use their physical abilities to the positive um, conclusion, if they use their natural instinct to protect and to provide to the natural instinct, we need men, we also need women. And, you know, there there is a natural division of labor. Now, this, you know, doesn't mean that we can't make progress as a society and women can't be in the workforce or this or that, the other thing. But we do need to understand and respect men. And we cannot suddenly say, oh, we're all better off if we have uh, if we have families without without men. I mean, people that the, the fact that we're even talking about men and women, well, the and whole transgender, it, this whole transgender issue. Uh, I mean, 
this is all a byproduct of the left. Yes, of course it is. Uh, because they want to hyphenate everything. They want to um, divide yeah. uh, everything. And, um, you know, again, if it was up to uh, me, you know, of course, that, that would never be like that. It, it would just be everybody's equal. Yeah. Like it says in the Constitution, you know. All so, men are created equal, but that actually means women, too. too. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, we're going to take a call. Caller, you're on the air? Yes. Hi. This is Donna from California. Hey, hi. Donna uh, I, I just wanted to say I'm glad that uh, you're getting over the COVID. I was surprised to hear. I, I didn't listen yesterday, so I was surprised to hear that. And uh, I'm praying for you at yeah, my temple. It came as a shock to me because I've never been vaxxed and I um, I uh, didn't. I never had COVID. And I never knew anybody uh, who had COVID. Um, like I knew people, like people, friends of mine would say, oh, so-and-so got COVID. And, and I, I get that. I, you know, I never denied that it, it existed. But what I'm saying is, you know, Leonora, I know Leonora, Leonora never got COVID. Uh, and a lot of our family members and things like that never really got COVID. So it's like one of these things where um, and when I came down with it, I was like, I'll be doggone. You know, <laughs> there are two red lines on this thing. And, you know, it was just kind of a little bit of a shock to me. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know one person that died from it, maybe died from it. Uh, oh no! You know, I, I a high school buddy uh, of mine. I found out on Facebook died in I think it was January, and it broke my heart. Uh, and it was supposed to be uh, it was supposed to be that he died from COVID. You know, so I don't know whether he had any complications other than that, but that one really hit me like a punch in the gut. You know, but yeah. again, that was like yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say the one he never got to see his little baby girl, and uh, that hit me. So. Yeah. But I still don't believe in the vaccine, and I still haven't been vaccinated. And I haven't, I haven't gotten. Well, I have not I'm been vaccinated. I've not been vaccinated, and this this has been so far. This has been a walk in the park. You know, it's not been that bad. And um, they say, well, if you're not vaccinated, you're going to suffer even worse. Uh, like, you know, I could, you know, like how all these other people say, um, you know, thank goodness I was vaccinated and boosted because it would have been a lot worse. And it's like a lot worse than what I had. I don't say, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, I know. what you Yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay. Thank you for calling in. All right. Okay. All right. Take care. Bye. All right, Leonor. So, about your toxic mass masculinity. Yeah. So I wrote. So I did this review of this book, and again, it's interesting. Um, there, there are a com- couple things in the book that I took issue with. I felt the author did make a few broad generalizations, but by and large, I did agree with the premise that we need strong men and we need. Um, you know, people to um, adhere to some traditional roles. You know who and, agrees with you is uh, our uh, one of our listeners, Kelly from Nebraska. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I I think when I think of this topic, I think of her position on yeah. it because 
she she generally has a pretty strong opinion about that. Well, like I said, the review is the review is somewhat nuanced because I I was a little bit critical, but 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 I largely did um, agree with the thesis, and so yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I I am so agree. I I think that subject is so important. Yeah, and I think it's a big topic. Yeah, because. I mean, you know, when you look at these commercials and, you know, all of a sudden the, uh, you know, it's the, it, it's this uh, male figure that doesn't know how to do anything. He's a buffoon, you know. Uh, they, they try to, like, emasculate men. And this has been going on for years, you know, when Bob... Yeah, it's just a... Com- and it's it's a, it's sort of like a psyop. Well, you know? it, it's- and it's been going on for many years. I mean, the comedian Bob Newhart, when he started his show... He decided deliberately that he did not want Bob and Emily to have children because he goes, every time I look at a show of where there's a father, the father is the buffoon. He goes, I didn't want a show like that. He goes, where the, where the wife and the kids are all so much smarter than the father. And he, and, and he goes, I wanted this to be a show about a couple and about, you know, I guess his, psycho, his psychology practice. but That but wasn't the, the way it was in the 40s, 50s. But no, it was starting. It was starting no, it in, started the 60s, in the 60s. the 60s. You know, with the, you know daddy, daddy's a jerk. You know, nobody knows, you know. And you, you, even, see, you even see this in uh, some earlier movies like uh, Meet Me in St. Louis where nobody, nobody, nobody knows. The father doesn't know what's going on. Everybody else does. And... And so I think this effort to undermine the 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 person who at that time was largely the breadwinner, it, it has been going on for a while. Yeah. And uh, you know, and I think we need to remind ourselves that um, that we need to have strong males because our boys need to have strong role models. Right, right. And our military needs strong exactly, men too. exactly. And yet, you know, we're we're actually uh, putting out things that yeah, recruit trans. And, and stuff like that. How you know, is that going to help anybody? <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's just stupid. Yeah. You know, uh, General Milley's a buffoon. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm biting my tongue right now. <laughs> you know, I, there's about 15 things I could say that wouldn't be appropriate. For I, can I say something that's completely unrelated to what we're talking sure, about? Sure, and then I want to... Uh, um, why is quick. it... How is it that we still can't figure out who won the Senate race in Pennsylvania? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, That's a good we're one. not going to know until after June yeah. 8th. Mail in voting ballot. Yeah. France, still no, Fran- as soon as the election's over, France knew who was the president. Yeah, they show I up. Mean- they, it's, it's a paper ballot. They show up, on, you know. I, I don't, I don't, like, yeah, but, I, but for America, you know, because uh, of the liberals in America, uh, it, it's suppre- suppressing the vote if you have to show up and vote. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, give it's me ins- a break. It's insane. I will hopefully, hopefully next time we talk about it, we actually will know who won that race. Yeah. All right, so here's what Joe Biden has to say. You know, listen, this is a 14-second clip. I might play it twice because it's so quick. <laughs> it's 14 seconds. Yeah, yeah, but this is Joe Biden basically trying to drum up support for the election season, okay? This is, what's, this is the code language, okay? Is if you just listen to it at face value, he's promoting... You know, George Floyd, he's promoting Black Lives Matter and he's promoting Antifa. But what he's really doing, it's a dog whistle. Yeah. To get those people to come out and do the same damn thing. You listen. Two summers ago, in the middle of the pandemic, we saw a protest across the nation, the likes of which you hadn't seen since the 1960s. They unified people of every race and generation. 
Unified? You call that unified? You call that unified, yeah. Yeah, people wound up dead in the street. And you call that unified? Yeah. That is unbelievable. The other ridiculous thing was and people were... And then you compare that and juxtapose that with J6. Yeah. People were also comparing what happened in this this horrible shooting with 19 children and two teachers dead, comparing that to George Floyd. Are you, are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, How is, so? No, they were trying to say that they were putting them on the same level, that they were e- equally a tragedy. Are you kidding me? I mean, that's he re- like comparing J six with the yeah. Civil War. Yeah, no, no, that that was being said a few days ago. You know, but that's they said. Yeah, this is our nine. January sixth, there was not one weapon found. Right. Nobody brought weapons to the party, yeah. Yeah. except for the in, in, in infiltrators from the FBI. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of really great clips um, for Christopher Ray uh, that were from the Senate, but they just gave him a kind of a pass. But they did ask some questions. Of course, he didn't answer anything uh, about Sussman, about, you know, all these other things, you know, the the kidnapping in Michigan. Everything's under investigation. You can't talk about anything. You know, the FBI is just a joke. And uh, they should be ashamed of themselves. Um, All right. So I wanted to switch over to... uh, to the uh, Davos thing a little bit. Um, and this reminded me of globalism, too. And it says, I'm beginning to think that foreign aid is just code word for money laundering. Mm. What do you think about that? Well, it could be because, uh, you know, foreign it's you know, oh, you it get is. foreign aid to influence. It is. It is. But let's take a listen to this. This is um, a situation where. Executive director of Oxfam tells audience at World Economic Forum, COVID has been one of the most profitable uh, products ever. She calls it a product. This has been, you know, unprecedented during the pandemic. And there's been several sectors where that has been mostly concentrated. And one is, in fact, the pharma sector, because COVID has been one of the most um, profitable products Ever. So that's um, uh, one point to discuss, in, and our report out today is called Profiting from Pain. How th- those delays in, in making this technology available and um, really having people vaccinated early has contributed to that. But has also, as was said earlier, it's not only the direct health um, impacts, but it's the economic, social um, impacts on all parts of the population and, in reality, an increase in inequality, reversing the trend of the last few years where, you know, inequality had reduced between rich countries and poor countries. Unfortunately, now it has widened. And, and the, the statistic we're saying is every 30 hours, um, a new billionaire was minted during the pandemic. Right. So it widened the gap between the haves and have-nots. It made... Uh, a new billionaire every 30 minutes is what she said. Something yeah, like something that. like that. And um, is that incredible or what? I mean, that is crazy. This is what it was. This was so much the reason mm-hmm. why we went through this. It was pure greed. It was yeah. pure globalism. It was pure. And, and they're still milking it. They're yeah. milking it to rig elections by enforcing mail-in ballots. Yeah. You know, and I was thinking to myself about, you know, everybody I know that got COVID now from this super spreader, right? Right. Um, 
None of them had symptoms that put them in the hospital. No. They all said, it, I've had worse flus. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've had a flu before that was worse. Yeah. Like, this, this wasn't bad at all. This was like a 36-hour to 48-hour, you know, not feeling too great mm-hmm. kind of deal. Um, and they want to shut the world down and put jabs in your arm Yeah. for that. And look at look at all the lives that have been destroyed, all the psychology. You know, I don't I don't doubt for one second that the killer in Uvalde was a derivative of the lockdowns and of the madness and the and the masks and the uh, you know all the different things that were going on in in, in that world. Um, we're going to go ahead and take a uh, caller. Caller, you're on the air. Hey, good morning, Scott. Good morning. Good morning. Um, uh, I, you were on the um, subject of the, the trans earlier. Yes. Uh, I just have kind of an observation. Um, you know, we're always told about uh, cultural appropriation. You know, if a white person likes Mexican food, that's cultural appropriation. Or if, okay. You know, white people like rap and baggy clothes that's cultural appropriation well why isn't transgender uh, uh, gender appropriation why isn't it like uh why isn't it equivalent to uh to blackface i don't know i mean but yeah i see your point yeah i haven't thought about it like that but i mean these people that say that oh i feel like a, a woman or i feel like a man they don't even know what it feels like to be a woman or a man um all they know is what uh you know what the they exaggerate the oh, stereotypes well, of well a lot of uh, our senators they, a lot of our senators don't know what it's like to have bullets uh, flying across their face in the heat of war and yet they're sending our kids off to battle so you know it's it's insane I'm wondering if I'm wondering if maybe they we switch the uh, the uh, <clears throat> the firearms discussion to more of a do we have a right to protect ourselves you have a right to, to uh, you know, personal well, protection. Well, of course we do. It's written and in the if, Constitution. If, if we do, then, you know, what form would that protection take? Are we only supposed to defend ourselves against an attack, or are we allowed to repel that attack? Hey, or look, can we use overwhelming force to, to repel the attack? Well, the way or I see it... you're only allowed to fight a, a knife fight with a knife. Yeah, well, the way I see it, um, in order to take away our right to the Second Amendment, they're going to have to pass a new amendment they're never going to have the votes to do that so it's it's a it's it's all it is is finger pointing and 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 pure politics at this point they want to make it a uh they want to make it a political debate discussion piece uh in order to deflect the fact that uh uh let's see let's see it's uh it's an it's an astounding number um, but it's uh, Joe Biden, whopping 83% of Americans say America is on the wrong track under Joe Biden. 83% think we're on the wrong track. I don't know who those 17% are, mm-hmm. but they got to be whack, whack doodles, yeah. right? But, but They're the, the point, ones that will be in the streets this summer. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're, and they're only saying that because they want to get paid to be in the streets this summer. Just like Black Lives yep. Matter buying houses all over the planet. And uh, 
No, it's crazy stuff. It's it's pure politics, pure theater. And the thing is, is that uh, trying to take away your right to bear arms uh, is a losing battle for the left. It's just another loser for them. But it's also a distraction from, I think, what trends and polls higher, which is inflation and the fact that we're being annihilated economically. Yeah, and it's uh, it, it's a little funny how now all of a sudden uh, the United States is a third world country uh, relying on uh, airdrops, food airdrops yeah. from other nations. Yeah, <laughs> yes. It's just disgusting. Yeah, that is so embarrassing and disgusting. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, thanks for calling right, well, thanks in today. Thanks for taking my call. All right, take care. Bye. All right. So, uh, yeah, I have a couple of more things we're running out of time it just seems um so anything anything you'd like to say leonor i want to mention that this the, the sequel uh to top gun is coming out oh yeah yeah <laughs> and, and and the we're, only we're reason gonna go, we're gonna go to the we're gonna go and see, see and the only reason why i'm bringing it up is because you know this is just a, a reminder of you know the 80s and the differences that have taken place in our society and i think there's going to be it a lot opens of, today yeah I think there's going to be a lot of um, interest in this from you know you know a pre, you know that generation that saw the first one because that showed once again you know people defending our country and it was it had you know yes it was a little cheesy but there was a patriotism to it yeah and and I think we're we're craving that patriotism right now. And yeah. we're craving that nostalgia for, for time for the past, even past you know pasts yeah. that were viewed as a little excessive. There was a couple of little bullet points I wanted to share with the audience before yeah. we leave. Uh, this one headline story I wanted to cover today: Bill Gates Foundation is funding the UN UN's Ukraine refugee program. Hmm, why am why. I not surprised? Yeah. <laughs> uh, mask mandates caused more COVID deaths. Study alleges. Um, also. Klaus Schwab, Pfizer CEO, trashed conspiracy people at World Health Assembly. There is a very fanatic group of anti-vaxxers. Well, of course, he profits from that, as we just heard. And Biden's Secretary of State, Tony Blinken, with family ties to Soros, backtracks from recent State Department declaration and says, and says the U.S., does not support Taiwan independence. Of course, that's a flip-flop and then a flip-flop. They couldn't flip-flop any more than they've been flip-flopping. Also, um, uh, well, there's the, there's those headlines that I just wanted to get yeah. out. We would have covered those if we had more time. Yes. But I want to thank everybody for tuning in today uh, to the Scott Adams Show. And be sure to check out org to find out what we're doing to support America First policies to make America great again. Also, if you're going over to my pillow, use Red State as your promo code. It helps us, and you'll get the biggest discounts known to man over at my pillow. And also, my Patriot Supply, mps.scottadamshow.com. And with that, my name is Scott Adams. My name is Leonor Corvetta. We'll see you next time Damn, on the, the radio. Bye bye, everybody. Grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there